Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Sometimes people don't clap or say amen. Well, I've looked at it this way. Sometimes it's hard to say amen when you got food in your mouth, right? So sometimes when you're quiet, sometimes I know I'm feeding you well, so I don't, I don't complain about that. But when I'm not and I say, hey, you ready for church? Sometimes it's good to encourage the pastor and say, yeah, I'm ready for the word tonight, pastor. Are you ready for the word tonight? I knew it. I knew you'd be. I knew it. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Come on, turn, grab your Bibles. You know what, let's do, Dr. Bradsville did it on Sunday, and I kind of felt good about it. And I, saw, I noticed when he did this, most people stood to their feet, and then they grabbed their Bibles. So I'm going to ask you to do something old school tonight. Stand to your feet, grab your Bibles. Stand to your feet, grab your Bibles. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to continue the series, Brave. I choose to be brave, and I just want to tell you tonight, and uh, I know you're tired, I know you've been through a long day, but I'm going to give you a fair warning. I feel good tonight. I feel good. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I feel the Spirit of God. I feel excitement in my spirit. And I've been working all day too. I've been up here cleaning the car. Well, I shouldn't have said that. It goes my blessing, right? Okay, anyhow, it doesn't matter. I've been cleaning carpets today. I've been busy getting after it. Then came went straight home, took a shower, laid down for a moment, meditated, prayed, got back up here and get busy with it again. God loves a working man. I love a working man. I will tell you this, never trust a lazy man. That's another sermon. But it is a good day to be alive in Christ Jesus. It is a good day to be alive in Christ Jesus. It is a good day to be alive in Christ Jesus. 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. And when you read this portion of Scripture, we were also referring back to a little bit of what Dr. Brasfield talked about. And it was so good to have Dr. Brasfield with us. How many of you enjoyed Sunday? I'm going to go back to verse 24, and you can leave it up there, verse 26, when we call for it. But back down to verse 24. The Bible says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, speaking of Goliath, fled from him, and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who, will kill, who kills him with riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What? In verse 26, and David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people, and the people answered in verse 27, and the people answered him in the same way, so shall it be done to the man who kills him. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now, when you read the rest of this, and you look at the rest of the scripture, and it says that now Eliab, Eliab his eldest brother, heard when he had spoke to the men. And, and Eli, Eliab's anger was kindled against him. And when he was kindled against David, and he said, why have you come down? And he looked at David, and he was kind of a little bit upset. He was a little bit upset because he knew David and said to David, thank you, Ryan. And he said to David, you know what? I know you. I know your heart. Uh, I, I know your arrogance. I know how proud you are. You don't need to be here. They gave David a hard time, and they said to him, you need to be back home taking care of the sheep. 
but I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. You have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? In other words, he said, I was just asking a question. But that one question was just the right question to anger everybody else. That's like your, that's like your brother and sister coming home or your mom coming home or someone coming home. Are you coming home? And there's a mess. And you know you didn't make the mess. And you just say it out loud in front of the whole family. Hmm. Now, who's going to clean this up? Just a question. Just a question, right? Because you're, it seems like that you're wondering, why hasn't anybody else stepped up to take care of this? I'm so sorry. Have I stepped on your toes too soon? But why hasn't anybody else stepped in to take care of this? Well, David's not just talking about a dirty house. He's talking about a giant, a giant who is defying God's people. And the giant is defying Israel, and he steps in and says, who's going to take care of this guy? And his brother got upset with him because the truth was his brother wasn't doing anything about it. Everyone was afraid. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I want to convey this thought to you tonight and tell you that there's going to be a time when you have to step up to the forefront and, says, and say to everybody and even to yourself, who's going to do something about this? And I have to tell you, this world is comprised of two kinds of people, talkers and dreamers and shakers and movers and doers. People who like to talk about it and people that just do it. If you really want to know the difference between people who have succeeded and people that succeed and get things done, it's the people that talk less and do more. In the scripture, the Bible says that your faith is affected by your works. And I'll prove, Paul said, my works by my faith or my faith by my works. Tonight, I want us to agree that we are going to continue to choose to be brave and be people of action and ask the hard questions. So tonight I ask you, who is going to step up and deal with the things that your family is dealing with? Who will deal with every one of your enemies? The answer is simple, is Jesus. But who will let Jesus work in, your li in their lives? Why don't we pray this tonight and make this our prayer? and say, Lord Jesus, give us revelation. Will you pray with me? God, give us understanding. Father, move in this service. Come on, pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me that God would minister to us tonight. Pray that the Lord would begin to move. Would you lift up your voice for a moment? Would you take action right now and say, Lord, talk to us. Give us direction. Give us answers. Give us, God, what we need tonight to walk out with. Whatever we need to walk out with, dear God, we know that you're going to equip us with it, Father, by faith. So talk to us tonight, Jesus. In your precious name, we choose to be brave. Amen. Someone give the Lord a hand clap and high five your neighbor. Come on. High five your neighbor and tell them you got to be brave. You got to be brave. You can be seated here tonight. It, again, the notion that David would step in out from, from the field of labor taking care of sheep, David comes in with a supply of cheese, vittles and, 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 and drink, and tries to come in on his father's behalf to take care of the, the simple responsibility of just refreshing the warriors up in the forefront. So the only thing we know about David is that David's already proven himself in two areas, you know, a lion and a bear. Well, in three, with the sheep. Well, four, with through music. You know, he wasn't equipped like everyone else. In fact, we know the story, right? We understand that David was offered as he stepped up and he was recognized that he was going to be the young man that would stand against Goliath. He was offered everything the, key, the king had for him, such as a shield and 
armor and sword and whatever else that was necessary for him to go take care of this giant. But he denied them all. And he said, I've never tried those things, but Dr. Brassfield did a tremendous uh, job and, and such wisdom and understanding. I love meeting with him when we meet together because I have a lot of questions myself, and he has, has just great insight. But if I can just repeat what he had said before our Sunday, is that when David said, all I have is this stone, he wasn't referring to the same kind of slingshot that you and I grew up with in the backyard hitting cans with. Because I think as a child, I think we have this depiction of a little boy that the same kind of slingshot that we had at home. You know, we really don't think about them being part of an infantry or have them being part of, a, of an army that's able to throw, throw that stone at high speeds. I think he said something at the rate of probably uh, a football field that it can still, back in those days, hit a Roman coin and cut that in, in half at that high speed. But the accuracy was uncanny. These guys, that's all they did. They practiced on slinging that stone, and they would shoot it with such accuracy, but at such speed, equivalent to a gun in some cases with the power and the effectiveness of that. So, so this young man had confidence, and this young man had, had just the gall to ask the one question, why hasn't anybody dealt with this guy? I mean, I know he's big, I know he's taller, and I know he's uh, the Philistines' champion, but David knew something about himself and something about God where he... He asked that thought-provoking question. David was brave, guys, and David wasn't afraid of nobody. David didn't care if he stepped on your toes. Uh, David wasn't bound by people. And I know that people who are who really who have been set free from other people are strong, strong in character and strong in their beliefs. Uh, when you have been delivered from people, it is one of the greatest deliveries you'll ever have in your life. Delivered from the opinions of other people and, and being afraid of what other people will think. And, and when you believe something so, so dear to your heart, you're, you don't care if people make fun of you. I mean, let them call you crazy. Let them call you nuts for going to church on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning and being faithful to the house of God or whatever it may be. I mean, people who are truly in love with Jesus and know that he is alive and he is strong and he is able, they, they know that it's just not routine or religion. This is a relationship. And you're in love with your king and your master and your your, your Savior. So when you say yes to Jesus and defy all the other, the other waves and, and persuasions of peer pressure, uh, you're not just saying it just out of a fear. You're saying it out of a heart of love. You're saying it out of a heart of passion. And I really do believe that David spent quality time with the Lord in those fields. So when he walked up to the battlefield, he, he was really concerned and upset about this guy mocking everyone and, and especially God God's people and because of the love that he had for God something rose up inside of him I mean something you know that's something I'm talking about some of you mothers can probably understand this when somebody messes with your child Mamas don't care how big he is or she is. Mamas aren't afraid of anybody when they mess with their babies. And it's funny how your babies are still your babies when they get older, right? It's funny how they, I mean, I don't like anybody messing with my kids. I mean, I'm being honest with you. If you mess with my child, I got to pray through because I'll go telemundo on you. One of my dear friends, even my friends, even your family, when somebody picks, I just can't stand bullies. I don't think God can stand bullies either. But I don't believe God will allow people to bully you or bully uh, God's children with allow him to, and, and not allow him to equip somebody to deal with them. 
Goliath was a bully. And everyone else was concerned and afraid, but there was a young man that God chose the most unlikely, likely. The most unlikely, likely. We're talking about the delivery man here, folks. We're talking about David, who was there to deliver cheese and bread. Or cheese and crackers. He shows up. And David just didn't ask the question. David stood up to do something about it. Number one, let me tell you something. Words mean nothing without action. This is really a simple message tonight, but this will change your life. This will change you as a person. It'll change your family, and it will change the destiny in your life. I would rather be a person of few words and prove everything by what I do. I've said this probably 50 times in this church. But the old saying that goes, I can't hear what you're saying because what you're doing is screaming in my ears is very true. I repeat that so many times. Uh, just one of those little nuggets of wisdom God's given me throughout the years I live my life by. There are many people that can say they love you, but nothing proves love more than action. Nothing. Somebody can say they're going to be there for you, but nothing proves that unless they are there actually for you. Words are cheap, aren't they? Words are cheap. Anybody can say anything. But I like people who back up their words and keep their words. That's why I love Jesus Christ. Because he has never broken his promise to me. He said he will be there for me in my troubles. He said he will provide for me in my insufficiencies and in my lack, times of lack. Or He said he would heal me. He said he would comfort me. He said he would never leave me or forsake me. And if there's ever been a moment when I feel like God wasn't there, it wasn't because of him. It probably was because of me. And I broke my word. I broke my word. Jesus told us in that 15th, 14th and 15th chapter of John, he said, if, if we abide in him, he abides in us. But we can do nothing without him. So I retrace my steps at times when I get in trouble or when I feel like I'm disconnected or if I'm living in offense or if I'm upset or if something's irritating me, I do something very simple every single time. I retrace my steps and I find out, and I look at, what has my time looked like with him? Have I been spending time with him, or have I been spending time with my problem? Have I done something about this, or have I just been worrying about it? Someone said, worry is like a rocking chair. You move a lot, but you get nowhere. Worry. One of the biggest battles we face is anxiety, worry, fear. The cool thing about being involved with Jesus is, is that, number one, he created something called prayer. Where we don't know what to do, we do know what to do. When, when we don't have anything to offer, we have this one thing we can always offer. I mean, that meant something to the blind man at the gate called Beautiful. That meant something. When, when John and Peter walked up to that blind man, that lame man, when he walked up to that lame man, he was sitting there. He had been there for a very long time. He didn't have any money to give them. They didn't have any money. They, they, they said, you know, when he perceived, they perceived his faith. And when they walked by and they said to him, silver and gold, man, I don't have any money. Sorry, dude. I don't have any money. But this one thing I've got. Now, he said in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk, right? But let's break that down just for a moment, guys. Let's break that down for a moment. Because what he really was saying was this. He was really saying, what I really have to give you is a relationship I've invested in. 
You didn't have to ask Peter and John if they knew Jesus. You don't, in fact, here's the truth. You don't have to ask anybody if they know Jesus. You'll know by how much love they carry, by when they pray for you, how much you feel God, and answered prayers back up every single one of their requests. When's the last time you've had an answered prayer? Thank God for it right now and say, Lord, thank you for that one prayer. No matter how big and small it is, thank God for it. Because if you thank him for the little prayers, God will love to bless you with the bigger prayer and get some same thanksgiving from you. Faithful in the little things. But they didn't have to stand back there and wait and ask them if they knew Jesus. They proved it. They proved it by saying, in the name of Jesus. That one phrase, in the name of Jesus. Those words, those six words, those words that were spoken out were nothing more than an expression of time and action. Action. Day after day after day. Acts of bravery in the middle of persecution during their time. You think the government's given us a tough time. You ought to look back in the, old, in the New Testament under the New Covenant. They persecuted them for loving on Jesus. We're not going through hardly anything compared to what the church went through in the New Testament. But I will tell you this, most of our pressure we feel now is pure pressure. But do you know that the quickest way to get rid of your enemy is to make a friend out of them? You know what you ought to do if you don't have any needs, you don't need food? Why don't you come to the drive-thru on Tuesdays, pick up some food for that neighbor that doesn't like you? Hey, you don't think it works? We did that here. I went to our neighbors around Cozy Circle. Not all of them received it, but I took some chicken to them, took some sandia. <laughs> I told everybody that left, I said, if you don't need it, take it to your neighbor. Action. Action. Now, here's my point. Without prayer, nothing happens. That's the point. Action. We read about prayer. We listen about prayer. We hear sermons about prayer. We listen to podcasts about prayer. We do whatever about prayer, but nothing does it like actually doing it. Nothing. You coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. Sorry. It's healthy for your faith, and when you engage, it's, it's, you feel the witness and the strengthening of your spirit. I mean, just coming and sitting here doesn't do you any good. Coming into worship and just sitting there, being there, doesn't help you engage. But when you act, you ever wondered why people, so maybe some of you have this question. Maybe some of you have this question. Maybe some of you remember the day that it was strange for you to walk into a church and see everybody raising their hands. Maybe it's strange for you. I love Peter Lowe. Peter's not here tonight, is he? Peter, if you're watching, I love your worship, man. I love Peter and Jensi. We love the Logue family, don't we? We love them very much. But do you know who Peter is? How many of you know who Peter is? I love it. We're sometimes I'll stand in the back. Sometimes I'll wait for a little bit. I'm watching everybody, just seeing how everything's going. And then I glimpse across, and I see Peter. And Peter's right over there. And he's, I, I, I'm not making fun of you, Peter, if you're watching this. But he does something like this. I don't know how he does it. He does something like that, and he just all over the place. And he just, I, I don't know how he does He does this, too, I think. You know, he does all kinds of stuff, man. And he just gets with it. He doesn't care who's watching him. But you know what I know about Peter? He loves Jesus. And nobody makes fun of them, and nobody's going to make fun of you. But what I've learned is people express and they take action when they give true worship to God. Meditation's okay. Meditation's okay. And if that's your thing, then you know what? Have at it. Squat, hold your fingers out, whatever you do, and go after it. Hum all day long if you want to. But, but, but honestly, 
You'll get more out of it if you'll take action and say, Lord, thank you. Open your mouth. Talking is action. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. And the reason why we lift up our hands, number one, it's in the scripture. Oh, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. The lifting up of hands, an expression of worship. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It's an expression. It's action. And when you pray, you have to talk to God. I'm going to mess with your theology right now, but I want to help you. Because I know there are some people that still do this. This is practical, but I promise you it will change your life. Associate action with your faith. Tie them together. Prayer is a work. How many of you know that prayer is a work? I mean, how many of you have ever been there where you've said to yourself, you know you have to spend time with God because, number one, it's spiritually healthy for you. You know, two weeks away from God, you can really tell the difference. That old carnal nature will start rising up again. A week away from God makes one week. Right? But have you ever noticed that you've been so busy, but you've gone a little bitty times, you know, behind the steering wheel, giving God some windshield time? You know what I'm talking about? You've said, I'm giving God windshield time. Thank you, Jesus. And, and that's okay, and that's fine. But have you ever noticed if you've not, when you've not stopped and took action, that it does affect your spirit, man? It affects you. And sometimes, have you ever said to yourself, and this is the question I was going to ask, have you ever said to yourself, I know I've got to pray, but I am just too tired, Lord. Thank God you love me and you're a merciful God, and I'm just going to think good about you tonight, God. And that happens day after day, after day, after day, then we find ourselves in a moment. The other night, I have to be honest with you. Don't judge me, okay? But I'm going to be honest with you. I love being transparent because I want you to know we, we have struggles too. Pastors have struggles too. But the other night, one of our sound guys was up here on a Sunday night. One of our sound guys was up here working up here all day long. All night long, trying to get everything right, get everything straight. Then we got a phone call, and he said, he said to my son, hey, man, I need your help. Somebody flatten my tires. Right here. My son said, Dad, John, sorry, somebody needs our help. They flattened his tires at church. Guys, I just hate bullies. They didn't just flat them. They, they pulled, I mean, it, it, it was purposely done like, like it, was, it was mean. But I have to be honest with you. I have to ask God to forgive me. Because when I jumped out of bed, I jumped and grabbed the bat from under my bed. And my son was driving, and I told my son, son, pray for me because I'm fixing to knock somebody's windshields out. Because I thought I knew who did it. And I was very upset. And I was on my way to go knock him out. <laughs> my son said, no, Daddy. You got to forgive me, guys. I, I just, when, when somebody messes with your family and somebody messes with you guys, it makes me upset. And I had to pray through. Then finally I prayed through and I said, God, please forgive me. And then it stopped and it dawned on me. And like the Spirit of God told me, huh, big man of God. Great big anointed man of God. No pun intended, but Sunday morning you prophesied over people. Sunday morning you prayed for people. You're anointed during that service and, 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 and you were so happy about the day and you're loved on everybody then someone comes and messes around, you lose it. I felt so convicted. And I told my son, son, I thought I had more Jesus than that. It looks like I got to go pray some more. I'm a praying man, 
But sometimes you think you have a lot of Jesus and you realize when trouble comes, that's the true test. See, this is why I have a lot of respect for our Lord and Savior because there he is on the cross, on the cross, crucified by people, by the people that, that he loved. And he looked at them and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Wow, what a man. What a man. What a man for him to stand there and not say a thing and, and, and fulfill the scripture that Isaiah prophesied and said he's going to be like a lamb before the shearers and he's not going to say one thing and they're going to crucify him and, and they spat on his face. And, but the reason why he could withstand it is because he was a man of action. He did something. And what you do in private, God rewards you openly. I felt so small, guys. I felt so small. And, and, I, and maybe that's not a big deal to you, but it is a big deal to me because I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to show love and be long-suffering. And I realized I didn't have all of that, so I really felt like that problem was gauging me. Problems will gauge you. Problems, confrontations, People will check you and test you. Sometimes God allows these things to happen in your life. And sometimes he allows a Judas to come to you. Listen to what Jesus told Judas. Jesus told Judas when he came and kissed him, he just looked at him and said, Hello, friend. What a man. What a man. Hello, friend. Betrayest me with the kiss. He didn't get mad at him, but he just said, Hello, friend. But he had action. Somebody say action. Action. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. And, and, and sometimes in that same moment, Peter, there's Peter, poor Peter, man. So many times we pick on him because he spoke too many words or said some things, made promises, couldn't fulfill them. So we pick on Peter. But you know what? He was the only one that had the guts to step out of the boat, folks. That means something. That means something. I don't mind being, in fact, I love being around people of faith that believe anything is possible. I had a brother like that. My brother would pray for everything that was sick. He prayed for every person that had cancer and believed that God was going to heal them. And do you know, not everybody got healed, but I saw people get healed of cancer that he prayed for. I saw it so many times. And the irony of all that was is that my brother had cancer too, and he died of cancer. But he died a man of faith, and he believed. Now, either way, as a Christian, and when we die, we still win. <laughs> we still win. You know, do you know that? To die is to live in Christ. But, but that's not the message. The message is you have to believe despite any circumstance and see only what God can see. Perspective. That was one of the points Dr. Brasfield told us about. He said one of the things you need to do to kill your giants and overcome them is have a God perspective. See the things that God sees and how God sees them. Poor Peter said, Lord, they can't touch you. They won't touch you. I'm going to defend you and I'll die for you. And in that very moment, he tried taking the sword, cut somebody's ear off, and God, I mean, the Lord just came back down. And can you imagine? He took the ear, picked it back up, put it on the servant's ear on the head of that servant, put his ear back on. I mean, that's pretty awesome, right? That'd be pretty awesome ministry to have, too. Everybody come. Let me cut your ear off and put it back on you. Yeah. Peter made promises, but he overpromised and underdelivered. When you act on things, you have to follow God in your actions. That's how you get results. Sometimes you can move beyond your emotions. This is where the Spirit of God has to have control of your life. This is where a prayer life and a Bible reading life gives you balance and you hear the voice of God. You know why Jesus, okay, you know why Samuel, Samuel, why Samuel was known as a prophet and none of his words fell to the ground? Because Samuel knew the voice of God. Therefore, the Bible says when he said a word, then God never let them fall to the ground. In other words, they all came to pass. They hit the target every time. You know that Jesus said, the words that I speak, their spirit and their life, they're not my own, they're my father's. 
Because all he did was repeat what the father was saying, right? Okay, so point number two and the last point is don't promise, just prove. Don't promise, just prove. My boss told me this one time. He said, son, you better under-promise and over-deliver every time. Don't tell me you're going to do something and don't do it or don't come close to it. You're better off under-promising and over-delivering. And I think that's common sense, right? But as a Christian, even the Bible says, don't make a big promise to God either and, not, and find yourself not able to pay back or to follow through with it. Be a person of action and don't make promises. Act on it. Act on it. Because people will know you by what you do. Can I ask you a question? I want to I play a game with you real quick. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. I want you to think about right now, you, every one of you, think of five sermons. I want you to think of the exact title of the sermon, the title of the sermon and who spoke it, five messages that has changed your life and impacted you. I'm going to give you just a few seconds. I'm counting. Are you ready? Five sermons that you've heard your entire life, the title and the person who preached it. Are you ready? Go. And raise your hand when you have all five. Sermons. Titles of the sermon and the speakers. Five of them. Just five. Raise your hand when you've got them all. Nobody? Okay, okay, that's not fair. Okay, you ready? Here's the second part of the game. Are you ready? I want you to think about five people that impacted your life since you were a child. Are you ready? On the count of three, five people. One, two, three, go. Want to know why you remember? Because, because action speaks louder than words. People may not remember your message, but they'll remember what you've done for a lifetime. What God wants us to do is become brave and start stepping out and living out the word. Living out the commandments and keeping it simple, not complicating it. I mean, he, he really just said, hey, if anything, you know, keep these two commandments. Love me with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. Not by saying, I love you, Jesus, but by living for him. Because that's what we're being judged by, by the word and, and things that come out of our mouth also, but by our actions. I can tell you I love you all day long, but if I don't prove it to you, it doesn't mean anything, right? Am I right? Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, I need help with this. Oh, I'm so sorry, and I can't do it right now. You ever, that ever happened to you? Man, I need some help. Man, I, and you gave the biggest spill you could give to prove that you were really crippled in this moment. You were handicapped, and you didn't know what to do. And, and then the reply was from somebody that you thought was dear to you and would be there for you. The reply was, I'm so sorry. I'm busy right now. Aren't you glad that God doesn't say that to us every time we call on his name? Listen, it's a fact. People fail us. And, and I'm going to fail you. And, and your, your spouse maybe even fail you. We all get sick and we all get busy and we all have problems. But, but Jesus will never fail you. And, and when you act on faith, it does so much for your faith. And he will prove himself. He will prove himself. And you can't be afraid to meet every problem. The last thing I want to tell you is this. The last thing I want to tell you is meet your problems where they meet you. On that day, Goliath came down and David went and met him right where he challenged him. You can't be intimidated to face your problems at the same level that they try to meet you at. Your God is greater inside of you than any other problem that stands before you. And if a brave heart knows that you're backed up by a relationship, that's what brings bravery to the surface. You know, bravery and courage is, is, is action when it's dealing with fear. 
nobody is afraid. I mean, no one ever uh, is not afraid. Don't tell him, don't tell him, but my youngest boy, my youngest boy was helping me the other day and, I, and he got afraid of something. He heard a noise or he was in the dark. He was by himself and, and, and he ran to me. I said, what's wrong, son? He goes, oh, oh nothing, Dad. I'm just here with you hanging out. <laughs> and it dawned on me, and I said, son, did you get afraid of something? Because we were in the church. He was up there by the cafe. The doors were locked. Okay. <laughs> I was on the other side of the building. Okay, it's pretty obvious. I was in the restroom. Sorry. <laughs> he ran to me, Daddy, Daddy, and what's wrong son oh nothing dad I just want to come hang out with you over here I said uh, I said son did you get afraid I said were you afraid he looked down because he he respects me and he looked down and he goes yeah dad I said well be honest son it's okay I said you know everybody gets scared everyone gets scared it's okay and I told him this and I thought about it did I say the right thing to him and I said I said it's okay to be afraid it's okay to be afraid and I don't regret telling him that I said but you have to be brave and you have to face your fears but be honest with me and tell me you're afraid then I can help you and it's like the Lord was talking to me because in our machismo moments, in our moments when we feel like we're just, we're men, right? Am I right, Coy? We're, we're men. Nothing scares us. That's a lie. Sometimes a lack of finance will scare you. Sometimes the responsibilities in front of you will scare you. Sometimes because you're not there for all your kids and you want to be there for all your kids or you're not providing like you feel like you need to provide for your kids or, or whatever it may be or whatever the problem is. If there's a medical condition, testing going on, whatever it is, we've all been afraid of things. But bravery is when we are able to stand there with confidence, with fear, ignore it, and stand on God's strength. And let me tell you something else. Here's the next level to that. When you're walking with God, sometimes he gives you a peace where you have no fear at all but straight love. Because God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. It's okay to let fear try to get you, but don't focus on the fear. Focus on the love of God, and you'll overcome your fear. But you see, this is what happens to us. We lack action and we fall behind on a relationship sometimes where when we come up to problems, we lack that confidence that we're standing right and condemnation kills us. But the mercy of the Lord endures forever. His grace is manifold and is always there available to us because we are covered by His grace. You can stand against any problem, listen, and don't live in condemnation. Your sins of the past were finished and, and, and done away with on Calvary. The sins of the present were done away with and taken care of on Calvary. And if you can receive it, the sins of the future were also taken care of and done away with on Calvary. So all you've got to do is stand on the name of Jesus and walk in His grace and have the confidence come from Him and face your problem. Face your problem. I choose to be brave. You come to me with spear, sword, and a shield, but I come to you with a relationship. I come to you with a small stone and a sling, but behind that is a lot of time of action. I walk with confidence. I tell you, I just walk in confidence. I love walking in God's authority. I'm not afraid because I know I'm backing God up. It's not a matter of God backing me up. It really is a matter of me backing God up. When I know I'm backing God up, when the time comes I feel like God needs to back me up, I don't think about it. I know he's got my back. 
See, because why? Why? Because I have spent my time backing him up. When I need love, I know that God will give it to me in that moment because I have spent time loving him. And I feel alone. I have spent a lot of alone time with him. I know in an instant he can remove it from me. See, because there's deposits I can make withdrawals. You have to choose to be brave every single day. You wake up tomorrow morning, and before you go to bed, you stay, you stay right there, wherever, is, wherever your prayer room is at, or wherever you, you bow down to him. Whether you go and do this before you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning, you stand there long enough and take some action and say, Lord, thank you for this day. I love you today, dear God. And learn to stop everything from going through your mind. Stop it. And if you don't feel him in that one moment, stay there and meditate on him. Read the Bible or do something and wait on him. And he'll show up and give you the ability to start praying in the Spirit and talking to him. Learn. I'm, I'm going off the subject, but I way of telling you wait on the Lord they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings of eagles they shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint nothing shall separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus nor heights nor depths nor widths nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Confidence is inside of you. You are a brave individual here today if you are a child of God and have Jesus in your life. You can face any giant in this world because greater is the giant inside of you than the giant that you're looking at in your life right now. I'm telling you something. I'm telling you, you may have a mountain in your life, but you have a mountain mover in your life. That ought to make You should have got excited about that so we can leave early. Let me give you a little secret. The more excited you get, the faster we get to go. I said that you don't get discouraged when you face a mountain because you have a mountain mover inside of you. That's sorry, man. <laughs> Come on, stand to your feet here tonight. I want you to repeat this after me. I'm going to meet my problems where my problems meet me because I have a God in me that lives in me and is with me. Emmanuel, God with me. Jesus Christ, God in me. Somebody lift up your hands and start to worship him. Come on, come on, just give God some praise right now and love on him. Just begin to lift up his name right now and love on him. Just love on him right now, just you and God. Come on for two minutes, just for two minutes. Somebody pray in the spirit. Somebody give them some gratitude. In the name of Jesus, Father, we surrender to you tonight. In the name of Jesus, dear God, we surrender to you. In the name of Jesus, as our prayer partners come up tonight, as our prayer partners and our elders come up tonight, if you're here in this building and you need prayer, if you're here and you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, we want you to come up here and do this tonight. If you are here and you're still dealing with giants or you're still dealing with things and you need somebody to agree with you, come up right now. We'll wait for you. Just come on up. We're here for you. We're in this together. You're not by yourself. You'll never be by yourself. If you need prayer, come on up. One more time, just begin to praise Him. We love you tonight, Jesus. We love you tonight, Father. We love you tonight, dear God.
What the church needs right now is brave people. People who can choose to be brave every time they face a circumstance. People who aren't intimidated by things that come in front of them and challenge them. If you have something challenging you and your family, I'm going to tell you, you're in the same place where David was. And anything can, whatever defies you doesn't defy you, it defies God. Whatever defies your family doesn't defy them, it defies God. But God is waiting for one person to take action. He's waiting for one person to stay focused and step up to it and say, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to face you and I am going to stand on the name of Jesus. If you need that tonight, I want you just to open your hearts as I pray for you in this moment. As I pray for you, I'm going to pray that God gives you an authority in your life to make you a believer in the faith of God and the ability of the Spirit. And there are angels that will work with you and help you and assist you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we release authority, God, to the hearts and the believers. We receive, God, tonight your, your angels, your help, your assistance. Tonight we stand with confidence. The same spirit that you gave David, we pray for the same warring spirit and act of bravery that you gave to that young man, to every family that is facing controversy, for every family that needs to move mountains, for our finances during this season, dear God every person that is facing financial difficulty right now for every family that needs to be restored I feel this in my spirit for anybody you have been robbed of your family you have been robbed of the good things of God and you feel like you are completely wore out and you don't want to start over again God is going to restore you. But you need to be brave in this moment and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For you, sir or ma'am, I pray the love of God come upon you. And I pray right now that you would receive authority and faith in your life. And I want you to know that God is going to restore everything you lost and everything that was taken from you. And when the enemy is caught, and when he is caught, he has to release everything that was taken and restored to you seven times more in the name of Jesus right now. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, agree with me. Agree with me and say, God, I love you. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.